You're listening to SBS News. We often hear about new policies and programs that promise to improve the lives of Australians. But what about the issues that are too stigmatised and seem to be too taboo for many policymakers to address? I'm Stephanie Corsetti, and this is The Too Hard Basket. In this episode, we dive into the topic of the effect of family violence on communities recovering from natural disasters. Australia is prone to experiencing long, hot bushfire seasons, prolonged droughts and intense flooding. And with these comes heightened emotions, stress and a sharpened focus on gender roles. When attention turns to rebuilding, insurance and properties – How do fears of other psychosocial and mental health problems become more prominent? And what needs to be done to make meaningful change? Alexis White grew up in the suburbs of Melbourne and recalls a difficult childhood. She says her upbringing was dismal, and as a child, she couldn't talk about it. From the outside, I guess nobody would have known that that was the case, and that's what makes it so dangerous is because it is so private. Um, and, you know, the reality was that there was, there was not violence being inflicted upon me directly, but there was emotional neglect and disruption. She's speaking up now after researching domestic violence and the relationship with childhood, an issue explored in an earlier episode for this series. During her early years, and even now, domestic violence has been a taboo topic within Dr White's family. It's not discussed. But now she wants more public conversations about violence and how economic factors can play a role. I think prevention rather than response is also very much a key uh, takeaway that I that I found after four years of investigating this this topic is that we really need to prevent it from happening. And one of the main findings that I that I reached was that generational patterns is a real thing. It's very real. It's females are, are you know at risk of being victims if they're exposed to that type of behaviour in the home and men are also at risk of perpetrating. But there are other external factors that can have an influence too, like natural disasters. The danger of family violence is even more heightened after floods, bushfires and droughts. Studies show heatwaves are associated with an increase in intimate partner violence. And how these issues are explained is important because language frames how the story of violence is understood. Dr White dislikes terms like victim and survivor because, in her view, they are limiting words. It is important to to not treat these social issues and the people that are experiencing them or have experienced them in a fragile way because it's, it's, uh, it's not really helpful. I think if we talk about this stuff in a more open way and without trying to be concerned about being politically correct or um, being too concerned about the the person and and the fragility and vulnerability of the person, I think we'll, we'll get a little bit further with this stuff. 
When it comes to vulnerability, disaster research indicates men can feel regret and shame if they perceive that they have failed the test of manhood. Rachel McKay from Gender and Disaster Australia says a changed understanding of complex issues like gender developed during the coronavirus pandemic. We revert back to our learned social roles, and and that has an impact on um, the increase in domestic violence. So, for example. Um, you know, we promote those unrealistic versions of masculinity and um, around, you know, men have to protect and provide and women have to protect pets and, um, and provide for children. So, you know, we really challenge those. And for women, men and people of diverse gender and sexual identities, words matter. But expectations for anyone, no matter which gender they identify with, can be difficult. There's increased pressure on people to conform to those um, very rigid boxes of what a woman and um, girl should be doing and how they should be behaving and how a man should be um, behaving and responding as well. Researchers have found some women who had traumatic experiences of disaster experience reductive stereotypes and a script to follow that involves self-sacrifice and giving up autonomy. Gender and Disaster Australia's Executive Director, Dr Deborah Parkinson, says based on her research and studies internationally, domestic violence increases after disasters and women's voices are silenced. She writes that around the world in countries as diverse as Iran, Pakistan, Japan and Australia, although pre-disaster recorded levels of domestic violence may differ, victim blaming and excusing men's violence in disasters are common. Amanda Lamont volunteers at the Australian Red Cross. She says many surviving disasters are experiencing the worst day of their life. Absolutely. One of the best ways to support women is to support men. Um, So there's a a strong focus to make sure that people are supported where they're at. Um, So not everyone responds to disasters in the same way each time. Um, So what Red Cross really focuses on, you know, its really fundamental role is in disasters is one of them is to provide psychological first aid. Miss Lamont says the Red Cross has the role of supporting communities and offering resources to ensure the risk of family violence is being addressed in a disaster context. We have evidence, we know that this is um, something that does happen after disasters. We're not just talking about natural hazard disasters. We saw this um, with the COVID pandemic about the, the impacts that that was having um, in family homes and the stress that that was creating. And she adds that the long-term recovery from the COVID-19 health crisis is only just beginning, with many people mostly coping well up until now, but others may realise there is no return to normal life. Rachel McKay is pushing for an even greater focus on psychosocial recovery after disasters through local councils. Ms McKay says work has already begun on improving relief centres. It's not built into their municipal plans, so... There has to be these embedded policies and procedures within um, local government and all, all throughout um, emergency services with that gendered lens on their policies, their services and their practices. Assistant Minister for Rural and Regional Health Emma McBride says there is a strong focus on mental well-being in the federal government. What, what COVID or what these experiences have shown us is that where there was already existing need, that that has been amplified through COVID and natural disasters. And talking to the local service providers and community groups and not-for-profits on the ground, um, many of them are local people themselves who have been directly impacted 
um, by the natural disaster themselves. And what we need to do as a federal government is have a leadership role. She says farmers who have lived through droughts, bushfire and now floods are broken. And firefighter Steve O'Malley says the perception of responders also needs to improve. He says firefighters from Black Saturday, the deadly bushfires of 2009, do not necessarily want to be perceived as heroes, but they do want to be listened to. If you don't conform with what the gendered stereotype suggests, then we're looking at one of those main the four drivers of, um, of violence. We're looking at that adherence to a strict gendered stereotype in this emergency situation, which is male domination, basically, in the services. And the fact that we need to be tough and we need to not show emotion, we need to... You know, it's okay to show anger, but definitely don't show emotion. Gender and Disaster Australia's Rachel McKay says since the Lismore floods in New South Wales, there has been an increase in domestic and family violence reporting. She is reporting that six months after flooding events, there is a fracturing of relationships. South Lismore resident Harper Dalton from the Northern Rivers Community Legal Centre says housing problems can add an extra layer for women trying to escape violent partners. The social worker says there are limited shelters available at the moment for survivors fleeing violence. So, so many people are stuck not knowing what their future entails in terms of buybacks. Um, Are they rebuilding? Are they staying? So, so many people are still trapped in that survival state, not really having any answers about their future, which makes it really difficult to think about their safety outside of that. He says with the scale of the disaster in Lismore, It'll still be many more months before the full extent of what actually happened is realised. Harper Dalton says governments on all levels need to take stronger action to support women following disasters if they are facing violence. We need more funding and we need more housing options. Uh, If women don't have anywhere to go to escape the violence, they're more likely to stay in a relationship that could ultimately end in their death. Emma McBride says mental health and wellbeing action needs to be integrated into the post-disaster response. I think what we need to do is to make sure that we have a community-led place-based response, which we know is most effective um, for for communities to be able to build their resilience um, and to be able to recover in the longer term. And I think that there's definitely a leadership role and a coordination role um, that the federal government has to play. And for Amanda Lamont, she believes humans instinctively want to help each other during crisis moments. But with climate change intensifying the frequency of disasters and more recently floods inundating parts of Victoria, Tasmania and New South Wales, the need to explore gender roles and how they influence violence risks is more important than ever. If you or someone you know wants to talk about sexual assault or harassment, family or domestic violence, call 1800RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or visit www.1800respect.org.au. Children can also reach out to the Kids Helpline on 1800 551 800. In an emergency, call 000. Stephanie Corsetti, SBS News.